do you feel like you have to use really complicated or sophisticated vocabulary in English? Or maybe you're worried that if you say something simple that it won't look good in front of your colleagues. Or basically what I'm saying is, do you think your vocabulary is not good enough? Well, today I want to focus a little bit more on this topic, which was inspired by a conversation that I had with a client. And hopefully I can give you a little bit more perspective from my point of view on what I think can be best in different situations. And it might not be what you think. And don't forget that at the end of the episode, I'm going to be giving you a word, structure or phrase that hardly anybody uses, but everybody should. So stay tuned for that. But before we go anywhere, some nice samba music, please. Welcome to Anna with Two Ends English Podcast. If you haven't guessed already, my name is Anna and I am a business English coach originally from the UK, but now I'm based in Madrid and I am an expert teaching English to Spanish speakers. After teaching hundreds of professionals, this podcast is your weekly session with me where I share with you my exclusive business English tips, guidance and advice that you can put into practice the minute you finish listening to this episode. Now, if you want to put a face to the name, you can find me on Instagram at Anna2EndsEnglish. And if you'd rather not bother with my face, but just hear more of my voice, you can find me as a co-host on Coolips Everyday English Chatterbox podcast, where I talk about loads of wonderful day-to-day topics with my co-host, Andrew, and all the links for that are in the description box. Now, before we move on, I'm going to give a quick shout out to So So. 091 you left me a wonderful review on apple podcasts and you said i like the tone of your voice pod contents and wonderful samba music smiley face this is exactly what i was looking for thanks very much that's lovely and yes i like the samba music too it puts me in a good mood and it gets me in the right headspace for doing for doing the podcast thank you so so much for your review i really really appreciate it and listen If you want to give the podcast a review, now is a great time to do it. If you give me a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, because there's a new thing you can do on Spotify, which is a rating. So that's great. You can give it some little stars. If you do that and send me a DM on Instagram, a screenshot of your review, I will send you a free mini business listening training. Now, these are things that I give to my clients to help them practice they're listening. So if that sounds like something that you want to get your hands on, give the podcast a little review and I will send it over to you. If you want to find out more about that, go to my Instagram channel and look at my story highlights and it tells you how to do that there. Anyway, let's get back to the point in question today. So I'm going to give you a little bit of context around the conversation that I had with this with this client. They were doing a presentation And I've been working with this person for a while now and they've really built their confidence, really, really have. And I think that's a real credit to them and the commitment and determination that they've had over the past few months. But something I noticed happening a lot and it was starting to happen more is that they were hesitating in the middle of sentences. 
So they were like, um, oh, oh, Anna, I don't know how to say that in in English. Or Anna, what's the best way to say that? Or just hesitating, stopping in the middle of a sentence. And I noticed it starting to happen a little bit more. And I was like, uh oh, we need to nip that in the bud. To nip something in a bud is a beautiful expression, but it basically means to sort out the problem before it gets any bigger. So I kind of asked them, and why are you hesitating? What, what's, what's the problem? Why, why do you feel like you can't get your words out? What is it that's holding you back? So there were a couple of things that they said to me, and I know that this person in particular is very partial to having that sentence in Spanish in your head. Maybe you do this as well, where it's like, okay, I've got the perfect Spanish, uh, sentence in Spanish. It's perfect. And I want to translate it exactly like that into English. So that holds this person back a lot because they're thinking, okay, I want to get it exactly like I would in Spanish. I want to express myself exactly in the same way. And sometimes it's not quite possible to do that. Or maybe it is, but when you're in the moment, it's just going to take you too long to think about it. And you've got to just power on through and keep going. So that was one thing about the, you know, the translation trap of translating everything exactly how it sounds in Spanish. And then there was another sentence that they said, and they were like, yeah, I, I wasn't really sure if it was good enough. I mean, does it sound good? It sounded basic. Well, they said something along the lines of that. And I thought, bingo. Because if that's going through their head, then that might be going through your head as well. And it was this idea of, okay, is this sentence like too basic? Like, does it sound good? If I said this in front of my colleagues, does it just sound kind of like, ugh, like, not good enough. And I thought, ah, I really, really, really want to talk about that because I think it's really useful to get a bit of perspective on this point. Now, obviously, everybody wants to look good. Everybody wants to sound sophisticated, articulate, you know, intellectual, whatever, in front of colleagues or people that we're working with. That's absolutely normal to want to feel like that. But what you don't want to get into a situation is where you feel like, you can't say something simple in English because it doesn't sound very good. Or you're like, I mean, I don't really know any fancy words or, you know, sophisticated vocabulary. Actually, in English, often simplicity is best. And what I always think is you've got to walk before you can run. Now, most of the clients that I work with what we really prioritize is getting that basic level of communication down. So being able to, for example, give a presentation of two minutes, give me some key points, okay, give me a little conclusion, uh, ask me a question, uh, give your opinion. All of these things are really, really important and much more important than, in my perspective, learning a lot of very sophisticated and complicated vocabulary and this is kind of the conflict isn't it because when we learn a language and I understand because I'm uh, learning Spanish you know it's like you want all these new words new words fancy words expressions yeah tell me all of them want them great but actually what's really going to help you is going over and over again practicing speaking practicing forming simple basic sentences practicing giving your opinion that's what's really going to help you that's going to be your absolute core 
that is going to enable you to communicate in English on a day-to-day basis with people at work. So it's kind of this conflict of wanting to be really ambitious and learning these amazing words and vocabulary, which can be really fun and interesting. But on the other hand, actually what's going to help you is making sure that you can walk before you can run, that you can speak and give a clear message in English using simple structures. And simple doesn't mean bad. Okay, simple actually is really good, especially when you're talking about business communication. The objective of communication is to be clear and to be understood. And actually, by using complicated uh, uh, vocabulary, you could actually isolate some people from that. I'm going to tell you why in a second. So let me give you an example of the sentence that this person said, and they were like, is it too basic? So they were talking about a project that they were doing um, and they said that the marketing team had a lot of work, okay, that the marketing team had a lot of work and they wouldn't be able to participate fully in this piece of work or whatever. So the sentence was, the marketing team have a lot of work at the moment. And, you know, I'm thinking, it's perfect. It's simple, it's basic, yeah, but it's perfect. It does exactly what it says on the tin. There's no question there about what that means. The marketing team has a lot of work. It's perfect. This is what they were worried about. They were like, is it too basic? I'm like, absolutely not. It's clear. I mean, look, you could say the marketing team are completely slowed under and they're up to their eyeballs in work and they probably won't get around to doing anything soon. Oof, okay. Is the second one better? Well, it depends on the situation. The second one certainly has some more advanced expressions. It has a little phrasal verb in there or two phrasal verbs in there. But there's one very important thing that you need to take into account. And this is relevant for my client. And also, I imagine you or the majority of people, your audience, you really need to think about who am I communicating with in English? If you're like my client and actually the majority of my clients The main people that you're speaking English with are not native speakers of English. They're non-native speakers of English. Now, by no means am I saying that non-native speakers are not able to understand complex and complicated vocabulary. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is that it's definitely a consideration if you are with people in the room and you're trying to communicate with people where English is not their first language. Now, often um, we say in English, uh, you know, Tell me when you're giving a presentation. Try and explain it to me as if I have no idea what you're talking about. And by thinking about that, you're kind of um, creating the presentation or delivering the message um, based on the, you know, imagining that nobody has any idea about what you're talking about. And in that sense, you try and make it as simple as possible. So really, that's a good piece of advice if you're thinking about how can I say this in English or in my presentation, you know, making sure that your message can be understood by essentially the lowest level in the room. Because if you use really complicated vocabulary, like I'm just going back to that sentence there, the marketing team is snowed under. Well, it's a great phrasal verb. It's really nice. Um, But I can see a couple of problems with that, potential problems. Number one, snowed under. Pretty advanced. Not many people know that phrase. And you're saying snow, so people might think there's something, some association with the weather. So that could be difficult. Also, when you're saying up to your eyeballs with work, the marketing team are up to their eyeballs. Again, really natural, very 
very informal business expression, but when was the last time you heard somebody say eyeballs, right? I mean, you might be better choosing something that's perhaps more similar to a Spanish expression, like up to their neck. But even so, you risk losing people because maybe you understand that expression, that's great, but maybe there's other people in the room that don't. So there's a question, at what point is it better to focus on the message that you're giving rather than making yourself feel better? Like, oh yeah, I can use all this sophisticated and complicated vocabulary. Well, actually there's no prizes in doing that. The prize is in making sure that everybody around the table understood what you meant or they were convinced or they got the, the, the information that they need. So that's where you need to focus. Easier said than done, right? Because as I said before, at the beginning, everybody wants to feel competent. Everybody wants to feel like they show themselves as being intellectual and clever and smart, whatever. But actually what you want to focus on is how can I make this message as clear as possible? That's what you need to focus on, not how can I sound really good in front of my colleagues and use those as sophisticated vocabulary? There is a time and a place for that. I'm not saying that we should never strive or aim to learn really interesting vocabulary. I'm not saying that. But when it comes to business communication and thinking about this um, example uh, with my client where they were giving a presentation about a project to their team, you need to think about the clearest way to communicate it, especially if people are in the room where English is not their first language. Again, I repeat, I'm not saying that people... Who's in, where English is not their first language, don't understand that type of vocabulary, but you must consider it. You must consider it. Now, I'm not, you, maybe you don't know all the levels in the room, of course, but you might be able to get a bit of an idea about, okay, what would people understand? What would be clear or not? Your focus is on clarity and simplicity. And actually, my client said to me after that, she said, well, yeah, but in Spanish, you know, it's much better to be sophisticated, you know, and, and sound really good. And that that that's seen really well to be really sophisticated and I said okay but that's on you isn't it because I'm sort of sharing with you and I'm saying you need to be focused on the simplicity of the message and being simple is actually really effective being simple does not mean being bad so if you have the belief that the only way to sound good is to use really sophisticated complicated vocabulary then that's on you that's something that you need to think about because it's not the case it really isn't I work with many people across a big spectrum, different industries, different jobs. So I have a really big picture view of people. And the key thing that I always work on with them is having a clear message message and following a structure. Having a structure when you speak, and I've talked about this a lot on the podcast, uh, presentation, vocabulary, uh, being able to introduce your points, can make what you say so much clearer, even if you make mistakes, Having like a structure to follow is so important. I'm working with the people on my confident presentations course this this um, this month, and you know, overwhelmingly, the thing that they've said to me is, ah, you know, and these people are, they can speak English, you know, they 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 can speak English, they've got a, a relatively good level of fluency, but they said, yeah, just having that structure and knowing the thing to say at the right time, that's really really been really helpful. So having structure and logic to what you're saying systematically following a pattern, for example, of vocabulary really helps with clarity. So if you haven't already, go back and have a look at the, the, the other episodes of my podcast related to presentations. I've done loads. I'm obsessed with 
speaking and public speaking and helping you to improve that. So let's just recap, okay? Because I'm really, really interested in talking about this topic and there's a lot that I can talk about. But let me recap and, and do a little bit of a summary for you. So there's a time and a place for complicated vocabulary. But if you're talking about business communication, sometimes being complicated is not always better. Think about your audience, think about who's in the room and think about how can you make your message as clear as possible rather than how can I make myself look as good as possible. By doing that, you're focusing on the message and something that you can control. You can't control how other people think about you or what other people think about your English or what they think about the vocabulary you've chosen, but you can have control about the message and communication that you give at work. So I'd be really interested to see what you think about that um, and, and do let me know. Now, to finish off, let's have a look at the take notes section of the podcast, which is where I give you a word, structure or phrase that hardly anybody uses, but everybody should. So the one that I've picked out for today is a lovely little time phrase called for the time being, which could translate in Spanish as de momento, por el momento. And I noticed that nobody used this and it came up in one of my sessions and I was like, oh, I really want to talk about that because nobody uses it, but it could be really useful in a business context for talking about um, what you're doing at the moment. It can go at the beginning of the or the end of a sentence. Um, and let me give you some examples so you can hear it in context. For example, for the time being, I think it's best that we focus on this priority. Let's continue with this task for the time being until we know anything else. Anna's going to work in the marketing department for the time being. Just leave that for the time being. We'll, we'll come back to it later. So a lovely little phrase. I really encourage you to add this into your vocabulary or to try and introduce it. Okay. Now, just as I was talking before about adding in complex or complicated vocabulary, do it little by little, you know, start with a little phrase that you really want to introduce. Uh, one thing you could do before using it is try to write out a couple of short sentences using that piece of vocabulary, short sentences that you could actually imagine yourself saying, write a couple of sentences down and then try across a week, for example, try and maybe introduce them into your speech a little bit, have a little post-it note by the side of your computer and start to drip that vocabulary into your speech okay drip drip okay it doesn't need to be boom everything every word needs to be you know uh, an expression or whatever try to drip feed it into your vocabulary little by little okay I hope that you enjoyed that episode I really really love talking about that and I think it's a really important topic to talk about and as I said let me know is this something that you worry about do you worry about sounding sophisticated or good at work. Is that something that concerns you? Let me know. You can contact me on Instagram at Anna2EndsEnglish. And if you love the podcast, don't forget to subscribe, share it with a friend or a colleague that you think would love the podcast as well. And if you want to sign up to my newsletter, you're going to get extra content related to the podcast and also news about offers and courses. The first people to know about it are the ones on my newsletter and all the links for this are in the description box thank you so much again for listening today and i'll be back for a new episode very 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 soon bye bye